I want you to take a moment with me right now and do some imagining. And for some of us, this might be easy. Some of us might be a little bit more tricky. But I want you to imagine with me, it's December 31st, 2019. December 31st, 2019. Not so long ago, but it also feels like forever ago for some of us. December 31st, so maybe you're thinking, I, you know, it's New Year's, it's going to be tomorrow, it's going to be great. We're going to have some resolutions, and you're thinking of what my resolutions will be, and how great the year 2020 is going to be, because it's 2020, and it just seems like it flows so well. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. And you're in that moment, looking ahead to what will be, and how great it will be. Then you fast forward a bit. You're in January, and well, January is pretty miserable because the weather's not so great. But you start hearing about a virus, hearing more and more about this virus. February, more and more, starts coming to Canada. March comes around, and you're hearing all this news, and it's scary. And as you're hearing this news, you're hearing people on TV saying, well, we're just going to shut down for a couple of weeks, and everything will be good. You know, take your vacations for March break. Everything will be good when you come back. In two weeks, that's all it'll be. Fast forward to today. It's been a whole lot more than two weeks, and it seems like we're still in the same mess in some ways. For a year and a half, we've been struggling through the realities of the coronavirus and social isolation and distancing and wearing masks and vaccines and the conflicts of people having different perspectives on what's right and what's wrong. And all of these things have been weighing on us for so long. And we keep wondering, when is it going to end? Well, at least that's what I've been wondering. Maybe you have too. When is it finally going to be over? When will we get to a sense of normal again? And as we start to get to these moments where we think, hey, maybe things are going to be normal, kids are back in school, you can go to sporting events, you start hearing more news about variants and increased numbers and hospitalizations, and you're wondering, are we there yet? When are we going to get there? If you're anything like me, It's been a very trying time wondering, when are we going to get there? When are we finally going to be somewhat normal again? And what will normal look like? If you're anything like me, that's been so tiring because you keep thinking, well, it's getting a little better, and then you hear more about how it's not really getting better, and you get frustrated, and you get tired, and it just goes on and on and on. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be in the series called Are, you, Are We There Yet? And we're exploring what do we do when we hope to be somewhere, like we like to be past coronavirus, we want to be past isolation, we want to be past masks, we want to be past worrying about vaccines, we want to be past all of these things, but we're not there yet. And we're living in these disorienting times where we're not always sure what to do. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring, well, what are some of the things that the Scriptures teach us, the Old Testament and the New Testament, teach us and show us about living in a time that is disorienting? What are some of the principles we can apply to our lives now about how to live in a time like this? And as we explore those principles, as we explore these ideas from Jesus, from people from the Old Testament, from writers in the New Testament— 
We're going to see how we can adopt them into our lives to keep moving forward, even if we're not there yet. And it's not an easy thing to do by any stretch. It's not easy to keep moving forward. Many of us don't want to keep moving forward. And many of us start to wonder, well, will we ever get there? And there's a word for this feeling that we have, a word for this expression of frustration, of sadness, of sorrow that we can use. And actually, the Bible is full of this expression, and that word is lament. In the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, there is an expression of lament for when things are not the way we think they should be. Throughout the Old Testament in particular, as people were going through different times of disorientation, times of exodus, times of exile, there were poetic expressions about what life was like and how it was frustrating for them. And they were wondering, wondering what was going to happen next. And they struggled because there was no answer coming. Sometimes when we're in a moment where we desperately want an answer and no answer is coming, it is one of the hardest things we can go through. We struggle with silence when we are looking for an answer. If you've ever had children or been around children, you know this to be true. You ask a question and you expect a response and two days later you might get it. But we feel this in our workplaces When we go to a boss, a superior, and we go, hey, I've got this question, and we get nothing. We send out an email or a text, and there's no response. And in this absence of an answer, in this silence, it can drive us crazy. And when it's hardest is when it seems like God is silent. When we've cried our heart out to God, where we've given everything we can to God, and no answer seems to be coming back, that can be the hardest. And I can almost guarantee it that I know some of you are feeling that right now. Some of you are experiencing sorrow and you are mourning. Mourning losses, not just of physical people that you love, but losses as to the way things were. Losses to jobs. Losses to experiences that you miss. And as you're waiting for it to get better or back to what you think it should be, you're crying out to God and you're wondering why there seems to be no answer. It's like there's this fog between you and God. And you keep asking, you keep wondering, but nothing seems to be coming back. It's like that email you sent on Monday and it's Friday and you haven't heard back yet. But it's with God. So it's so much worse. We might think that we're the only ones in this moment that feel this or who have ever felt this. But the truth is this expression, this lament for these moments of silence, where there's this gap between what we're asking and what God is saying, are found throughout Scripture. Over and over again, people throughout Scripture experience the same thing you and I experience at times like this. And they have words for it. And in their words, we too can find some comfort. One of those expressions of a lament, one of those wonderings of how long comes from King David. 
If you were with us in our last series, we explored who King David was and some of the big mistakes he made in his life and how he kind of ruined his life for a moment, but God had better plans if he came back to him. But he also had moments where it just seemed like things were not working out outside of his big mistakes. Psalm 13 is one of those moments. There are different ideas as to why Psalm 13 was written or when it was written. Some in history have had a tradition to say David wrote Psalm 13 when his son Absalom was trying to kill him. And he was expressing to God how he felt in those moments of disparity. But most people will admit they actually don't know when he wrote it. And more now, people are wondering if that was actually the time when he wrote it. For me, I find a comfort in this passage thinking it wasn't in that moment he wrote it, but rather it was in an everyday moment of feeling like God was silent. Because at this point in my life, my son is not trying to kill me, and I hope I never get there. But I do have moments in my everyday life where it seems like God's not talking to me. And it's hard. So David wrote in Psalm 13, he said, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Have you ever felt like David and wondered how long? How long will this go on for? How long, God, will you ignore me, it seems, as I'm going through it? As David says, how long will you forget me, God? Is it going to be forever? We feel that at moments. At moments where things don't seem to be getting better. At moments in our marriages where it seems like marriage is going to end. Where there's no communication. You're wondering, how long, God, is this going to go on for? Moments in our parenting where we wonder what's going to happen with our kids because they're making poor choices. And we go, well, how long, God, will this go on? Moments in our employment When there are cuts coming and we're wondering, am I next? Moments just in everyday relationships where we're wondering, why does it have to be so bad? How long, God? Are you going to always forget me when I'm going through this? When we're going through the loss of loved ones? We're going through the loss of experiences of of normalcy? How long, God, will this go on for? And David cries out. He says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Have you ever wanted to just talk back to God and say, why are you not answering me? And sometimes we come from traditions or experiences where we say, well, we, we have to have this reverence for God, which we do. We have to have this understanding that God is completely other than us and so much more. And so we have to respect and have reverence and the word in the Old Testament and New Testament is fear for God. Not in a I'm scared of you way, but in an awe and an appreciation. But if you ever just wanted to talk back, say, what's wrong with you, God? 
Well, guess what David does? Why aren't you answering me, God? Why aren't you answering me? Whatever I'm going through, why are you not speaking into these moments? Why are you not able to say, hey, I'm right here. Don't worry about it. Why, why, why? David is crying out and he's saying to God, why don't you answer me? Over the last year and a half, some of us have probably felt that as we've had to stay in our apartments or our houses and we've wondered, God, why do you feel so far away? Why are you not telling me what's next? Why are you not fixing these problems? As I worry about my job and my appointment, God, why don't you tell me just to not worry and trust you? That's all I'm asking. When you worry about your relationships and you say, God, why don't you just say, hey, it's in your hands. Why aren't you answering me? If you've never felt that towards God, I envy you. If you've never felt for a moment like God was distant, I wish I had what you have. Because there are moments, there are long moments sometimes, where God feels so much further away than he really is. And no matter what you do, it doesn't seem to change things. So for David in this psalm, he's crying out to God, God, how long are you going to just forget about me? as I go through whatever he's going through. And maybe you've had those same cries. And so what does David do in the midst of this? For a lot of us, we give up. That's the easy thing. When we wonder why God is so distant, the easiest thing we could do is just give up and say, fine, you don't want me, that's fine. We don't like to be ignored. We don't like that break in conversation. So we think, well, God obviously doesn't care about me. God obviously doesn't love me. So we give up. Maybe it means we give up subtly. So we don't really tell anybody we've given up. We just stop paying attention to God. We stop paying attention to God by discontinuing coming to church or going online to church. We discontinue our reading of the Bible or we discontinue our praying. And we just feel like, hey, he doesn't want me. Why do I want him? And sometimes these habits, these patterns creep in subtly. Not that we fully intend to do it. We just go, well, he's not talking, so why should I talk right now? And over time, it keeps going. And eventually, you kind of forget all about God. We do this. We do this because we have this idea or the sense that God doesn't care. God doesn't love us. So what would David do in his situation? Psalm 13 is divided into three parts, essentially. And the first two parts is where a lot of us sit in the questions of how long, God, or why don't you answer me, God? And we get stuck in there. But David doesn't stay stuck. He jumps into the end and he says, but, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. But in the midst of wondering, God, why don't you answer me? God, are you going to ignore me forever? David says, even though I feel this, 
My feelings are not facts. And the fact is, I am going to trust God's unfailing love. Even though everything inside of me would rather just ditch God because it feels like God ditched me, I can trust the fact that his love is unfailing. And my heart can rejoice in his salvation. David does two things to combat this experience of lament that seems to drive him away from God. And there are two things that we can do as well as we can trust. Trust is not something that all of us do very easily. Sometimes we have experiences that prevent us from trusting each other. Maybe it's in relationships with other people where we feel like our trust has been betrayed, so we struggle to trust again. Trust is based on experiences. And so David trusts because he remembers. He remembers how God has been in the past, even when in that moment he feels so distant. He can remember when God was close. He can remember how God was with him in times of struggle. As you read through the book of Psalms, which many are written by David, but not all, many of them are written and they express the same expression, the same feeling. That there are times where God feels so distant, but I can remember when he wasn't. Can you remember in these times of lament, in these times of wondering, God, why don't you answer, in these times of wishing things were different, can you remember when you knew for certain God was there? There was a time where you didn't feel like this, and you remember it. It's remembering and trusting that that God is the same God who's with us now that can help us through all of this. In moments where it feels like it's so overwhelming that we just wonder, how could this effort just get over it? How could we get better? How could things move on? We can trust God because he can remember when this time was not like this. The writers of Scripture use lament to express this profound loss, this profound mourning, when normal doesn't seem to exist. David is expressing this mourning, this loss, this lament, that God feels so very distant. And for some of us, we need to express it the same way as he did. We need to get angry about it. We need to be sorrowful about it. We need to ask God, why do you feel so far away? We shouldn't be afraid to ask that. But we need to remember and trust that he's a lot closer than we realize. The Apostle Paul wrote about this. He says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, so nothing at all will be able to separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Paul expressed in Romans chapter 8 that nothing can separate you from the love that God has for you. Even when it feels like God is distant, like there is nothing there, there is a God who is continuously loving and nothing actually separates it other than our perception of the moment. Which is why David can say, but I will rejoice because... Because I can remember and I can trust his unfailing love. There is nothing that separates us even in the times of disorientation where things don't seem to be going the way we think they should, where things are just not right. There is nothing that separates you from God other than how you feel in that moment. And sometimes we have to fight our feeling with the fact that nothing is going to separate us from God. Doesn't mean it makes it easy. Sometimes when we're in these times of lamenting, it's incredibly hard. We're filled with sorrow. We're filled with anger. We're filled with wondering. We're just wanting to get past it. None of us likes to feel bad. We want to get over it. Sometimes it takes a long time. And sometimes it feels like it'll never end. And you're just asking, are we there yet? But in those times, we can remember a God who says there is nothing that will separate you from my love. In the times of silence, in the times where we feel like God is ignoring us, where we're wondering if these prayers that we're praying are going anywhere at all, there is a God who says, I'm still right here, even if you can't hear me right now. I have no idea why God seems silent sometimes. If I knew that answer, I bet you I could write a book and make a lot of money. But I don't. Sometimes God is just silent. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense at all. It's not how I think it should be. It just is. Sometimes we want to get over it, but we're stuck in it. And when we're stuck in it, all we can do is trust God's unfailing love and remember how he has acted, how he has been with us in the past, because he does not change. In the midst of our lament, in the midst of our expressions of sorrow, God is still God. And as we sang in the songs we sang, all of this is his. Everything is his. Including you, including me. Even when we feel so far away. I think Psalm 13 gives us an idea of how we can approach times we feel like this. It gives us an idea of how we can pray in the midst of feeling like God is so distant, in the midst of wondering, are we ever going to get over this? Whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of our relationships, whether it's because of our health, our work environment, whatever it might be, when we're in these moments where it seems like silence is deafening and we just want to get past it, I believe Psalm 13 gives us a model in how we can pray so that we can live through it. doesn't mean it's going to make everything go away, but I believe it gives us an opportunity to keep stepping forward 
when we're wondering, does it get any better? Psalm 13, it starts with the lament. It starts with that expression of mourning, of frustration, of anger, of whatever it is to God. A lot of us, we feel like we can't express these things to anyone, let alone God. We can't say why we're, what we really think, that God doesn't seem to be talking to us. We feel like we can't express that. And I, here's the thing, God already knows what you're feeling about this. He's part of that relationship. So we feel like we can't express it, but God is inviting us in our prayer, whether it's a written prayer in a journal, if that works for you, or if it's a spoken prayer. Sometimes when God feels silent, writing things out is really helpful. So we lament. We start with the lament of, how long, God? Why is this still happening? Why is my marriage still struggling? Why are my friendships still broken? Why is my boss still on my case all the time? How long, God? And then when we move from that, we start to request. Just as David says, why, why are you not getting back to me? Why aren't you talking to me? We can do the same thing, God. How do I get past this, God? How do you, why don't you answer me in the midst of my struggle? Why don't you speak into my work? Why don't you speak into my schooling? Why don't you speak into my relationships? Why are you so quiet when I need you to be shouting at me, God? Why? Put the request out there. And ultimately, trust. As David says, I will trust your unfailing love. Trust that God has acted and will act in your life again, even if it feels like it's so far away. Psalm 13 gives us this model that we start with our lament, our expression of sorrow, of mourning, because we feel it and we know it's true. And then we transition into that request of asking God, why don't you speak into it? But ultimately in our prayer, whether it's written or whether it's spoken or just silently thought in our head, we end in a trust that God is God. And because he is God, Nothing can separate us from his love for us in Christ Jesus. Because he is God, in the midst of moments that feel like nothing will get better, in the midst of moments where it feels like everything you love is gone, where we're wondering, are we there yet? We can remember a God who said, you are worth it and came to earth in the person of Christ and died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins and rose again so we can experience life in its fullness and nothing can separate us from that love other than ourselves. When we forget that God is still God and he is the God who did what he did and is active in our lives, we are choosing to separate ourselves slowly, even when we don't realize it. We need to remember and trust, even when things seem impossible. Even when we're wondering how much longer God. He is still the same God. He's never changed. He never will. And he's there for all of us in the midst of whatever 
we're going through. So if you want to keep stepping forward in this time that's so disorienting and we don't know what to do, we need to remember and trust that this God doesn't change even as this virus seems to over time. That this God doesn't change even as our relationships seem to change over time in our jobs, in our school. As everything else changes, he stays the same and he is there for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you do not change. That you pursue us and desire for us to be in this right relationship with you. And you've made a way for that in Jesus. And that in Jesus we can find the forgiveness of our sins, the victory over death, and hope for life eternal but also a fullness of life now. And that as you offer us this fullness of life, even though we go through times where you feel so distant, where we wonder how long, God, do we have to be away from you? How long do we have to go through our pain and our suffering? You invite us to express that to you. You don't get mad at our anger. You don't get mad at our sorrow. You invite it because you are a God who loves us deeply. And I pray for us, some of us may be feeling this right now, this absence of you in our lives. Whether it's a recent thing or it's been going on for a long time and we just haven't felt like we can tell anyone. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you help us at least to go back to you, to lament, to request, to trust, that you are our God, even in the midst of these hard times. As we keep taking steps forward and wondering, when are we going to get over whatever it is we're wondering to get over? Help us to trust your unfailing love. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.